All right. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for reading the passage, and thanks, Amy, for uh, leading us in worship. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Howard. Um, I'm the youth intern here uh, at this church, and um, excited to be sharing. It's my joy to share the message with you from God's Word today. And as Aaron already read the passage, we are looking into Thomas and Jesus, uh, mainly Jesus meeting Thomas's need and, and meeting Thomas's doubt. And I'm excited to explore that because last week we talked about the post, uh, last week you talked about resurrection and how Jesus conquers sin and death. And today we're looking at a passage where Jesus starts meeting his disciples. And one of them is Thomas because he doubted. But before I start, I just want to like pray um, quickly before, um, and then we'll dive into it. Dear God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we get to worship you even through online system, through Zoom. We pray, God, that you would be here right now, that you give us a spirit, that you would inspire us with your word and that we may be changed, Lord, through it, God. So I pray for your Holy Spirit and we thank you again that we get to meet, we get to hear more of your word, Lord, and worship you together. Pray that you bless this time, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. To start us off this morning, I would like to ask you guys a question that came from a devotional called A Little G for Shaping Time. And the question is, what would you feel if your loved one who passed away suddenly just woke up? Like one day, like three days later, you get a phone call and someone told you, hey, your loved one is back to life again. You're, it's alive. How, what would you feel? Like, would you feel joyful? Like, oh my goodness, like, so happy, like, or would you feel shocked or maybe confused? And do you think further in your response, how would you respond to it? Would you believe the person's word right away? Oh yeah, 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 I believe you totally. I'm gonna come visit my loved one right now. Or would you be in disbelief? Thinking I'm only going to believe that my loved one's alive only if I get to see this person uh, in person, uh, visually. How would you react to this? And if you may allow me to assume, I believe that majority of us will probably only believe that our loved one is alive when we see our loved one in person. Because let's be real, coming back to life is not a usual thing. Like it just happened yesterday to a friend or, or someone else. It's unusual. And Jesus was the one that came back to life again after he died. And right here, that's why Thomas in this passage doubted. And he wanted to see Jesus in person first before he believed. But it is because of Thomas's lack of faith, his doubt, that Jesus also calls him out and challenges him. And he teaches the importance of faith about life after, the, uh, about how important faith is after this part when Jesus ascends to heaven. And this is where he, he challenges because what Jesus is trying to say is that faith is important and we will need faith when we cannot physically see Jesus. And that's why Jesus in all the gospel kept saying, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will guide you. It will be there for you. It will empower you. It will speak through you. It will protect you. 
And if we think about the definition of faith from Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says that now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And that's the definition of faith. So if we only believe, only see evidence first before we believe, and that's not really faith. And Jesus emphasized on the importance of this. It's because only faith, it's only faith that we would discover more of who God is, his character, and what he is up to in this world. It's only through faith that we can get into that part where we understand more of who God is. And that's why Jesus came and challenged Thomas and met him where he was at. So the big idea for today is that unforeseen circumstances call for unshakable faith. Unforeseen circumstances call for unshakable faith. What I mean by this is that faith matters, not just in the good times, but especially in moments of uncertainty, in moments where unforeseen circumstances, circumstances come at our way, that in these moments is not the time to give up on our faith, but it's the time to hold on to our faith because Jesus is our only hope. And I'm excited that we're going to be diving into here and see how Jesus continues to extend his grace and love despite Thomas doubting. And yet he's still showing them the importance of faith and obedience. So let's dive into the passage together. Uh, Aaron already read it, but we're going to go through verse by verse. And if you guys can follow me, uh, that would be great. Um, but just want to give a little bit of context before this. Before Jesus meeting Thomas, Jesus actually met with uh, his disciples, other disciples already, had a meal, and there he said, peace be with you, and then showed them that he was alive, and then he blessed them with the Holy Spirit. And at that point, we don't know which disciples were there, but for sure Thomas was not there. And this is where we're going to get into verse 24 and just want to let you know that it mentions that the doors were locked before because the disciples were scared in matthew 28 13 it there's uh matthew records that there has been rumors about the disciples stealing jesus's body to try to prove that he resurrected so people are hunting for them that's why the disciples are trying to hide away from these jewish leaders and they were jewish leaders and that's why jesus met them where they were at. So let's go into verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the disciples, when they, when they saw Thomas, they told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, that is a bold statement right there. I mean, let's, let's, give, let's look at the other disciples as well. They also doubted about Jesus. But the difference between the other disciples and Thomas was that they never made bold statements like that. Sure, the disciples may have doubted, but they were still waiting for something to happen. And Jesus met them, they believed. But Thomas right here wouldn't even believe his, the disciples' words and just, and just straight up said, I will not believe. And this, at this point right here, this is the, uh, where Jesus comes in and meets Thomas. 
uh, in this passage right here. And the first point that I want to say is this, that Jesus' approaches are always purposeful and intentional, that things happen in accordance to his plans and his will, and it's all about his timing. And we see that Jesus approached Thomas and met him where he was at. So that Thomas would start believing in Jesus. And Jesus had his plan right there. And we see that after this, that Jesus says, stop doubting and believe. He challenges, stop doubting and believe. And then Thomas believes in Jesus after that. But I want to say right here that as we look at how Jesus met Thomas right here, I just want to say that we cannot take Thomas's doubting approach and think that we can demand the same thing for Jesus for later as if like, okay, Jesus, I'm only going to believe in you if you do this for me. Jesus, I'm only going to do this, uh, believe in you if you heal my friend. Jesus, I'm going, only going to believe in you if you give me this and that. But at the same time, God also gives us things that we ask for. So it could be, so in other words, Jesus could give it to us right away or he might not. But the point is this, that God always has his plan and purpose and he will answer our request and he will answer in accordance to his will. And so just because he doesn't give us what we want or answer in a way that we expect, it does not suggest that God is not good. It just means that everything's according to his plan. And this is where we need to have faith. But get this, that God is never late. That God knows what he is doing and where he's leading us to. And this is where we need more of faith. And, if I can, and we can dive deeper in the concept of doubt. I think doubt can really lead us to two different ways. And I would like to say that doubt happens. It's natural for us to doubt and have these uncertainties. But in the midst of these doubt, we can still trust and obey Jesus despite of it. So yes, even if you're wrestling with certain things in your life, you can still trust Jesus. And Jesus will not condemn you for having uncertainty, for not believing or having just doubts in general, but he will meet you where you are at. And that's why he met Thomas, even though Thomas was wrestling with believing Jesus, Jesus met him where he was at. So, but the thing is, doubt can also lead us to the other direction where we become so skeptical that, we, that it ends up controlling our decision of choosing not to believe in Jesus. So doubt happens, but it's what we do with our doubt that matters. So we need to be careful you can keep doubting your whole life, but there's that one point in your life that you need to take a leap of faith and trust Jesus. So we got to be careful of our doubts that we don't get, walk away from Jesus. So in the midst of doubt that it's okay, but keep trusting, believing in him, even if you do not see Jesus and you cannot see him physically and he will meet us where we're at. But he always has his purpose and his plans, and that's what we need to know. And that's why Jesus said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Stop unbelieving and believe. 
So Jesus always has his plan and he is never late. And the second point that I want to say is this. Don't miss out on partnering with God's work and mission just because we don't see answers now. Don't let the present results prevent you from seeing the future or experience the future results of what God can do in and through your life. Don't prevent that just because you don't see what's happening in the present time. Like I said, Jesus took Thomas's doubt and he, and he made it into a teachable moment to emphasize the importance of faith. And he did that because he wants to emphasize faith for the future church. You see, after this point right here, Jesus was no longer going to be there physically. And again, that's why he gave us the, he sent us the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will guide us. And Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. To do all that, to be a blessing to others. But while they're doing that, Jesus says that they're going to face trials and persecutions and suffering in general and maybe get, even possibly getting arrested because of him. Because sometimes blessed, going out and spreading the good news, there's always going to be troubles. And that's why Jesus says in those moments, you cannot give up on me. You got to keep trusting me. And Jesus right here is pointing, you know what? Like I'm, once I'm gone, the Holy Spirit will be here, but you need to fix your eyes on me no matter what circumstances you're facing. And that's why Jesus says in verse 29 to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have, you have believed. He calls him out. And after that, he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In other words, the word blessed means happy. So Jesus is pretty much saying, blessed are those who choose to trust and obey him, even though they don't see him physically. Blessed are those who obey him, even though they don't know what the end result is. Like happy are those who still obeys and trusts, even though they don't understand why certain things happen or what will happen. That in the midst of that, when we still choose to trust him, that Jesus blesses us. But why? Why does Jesus bless us in the midst of this? It's because it demonstrates our obedience and trust that we're not just obeying him because we see what the end result is. That's, that's not faith. We already know what's happened. That's not faith. But we obey based on who Jesus is, based on his character, that we're not doing things because of what he can offer, but because of who he is. Like imagine if someone only like you or pay attention to you or only talk to you only because of what you can offer, but not based on who you are. Like essentially you're being used. Would, would you feel, would you like if people use you in this way? I would assume no, we don't like being used. And the same thing is we shouldn't be treating God like that at the same time. That we shouldn't just only trust him when we see, when we can know what is ahead of us, because that's not faith. But it's in the midst that we don't know what's happening or in the unforeseen circumstances that come at our way that we still choose to believe that God blesses us in that way. 
So the question is, are you willing to trust him even when you can't see what will happen? Will you still trust him? Like Jesus conquered sin and death and he has victory. The battle already has been won. Is he not going to help us? So I just want to... So Jesus' resurrection proved his power and that it's not just to prove his power, to prove that he is alive and he's able to walk with us. And because of this, we're reconciled with him that there's this relationship and he's with us every step of the way. And that's the whole point of the gospel is that Jesus came and reached down to us. He came to die so that we can have a relationship with him. And because of this, we can literally just pray and talk to him anytime and at anywhere because he's giving us the spirit that we can also read his word. But like, The Bible is not just a book of do's and don'ts, but this right here is a testament of God. It's a story of who God is and what he was up to. If you look into it, like it's a story of of back then Israelites that God has chosen these people to be his people. And yet in the midst of that, that he had chosen to be his people, that they still sin against him. They They still chose to worship idols, over obeying him but in the midst of all that even though they're god's people that god had chosen them that in the midst of them sinning that god still chose to love them and that's why he sent jesus and this is the story of it so it's not just do's and don'ts it's not a rule book but it's a testimony of god's work of his mighty work his power his love and his presence And he is still alive today with us. So in the midst of trouble, we can still read his word and still be inspired and still be changed. And we can still meet him through reading his word. And we can still know more of who he is. We can still experience his love. So this is why the word is for us and why we can still use this for us to continue to further the relationship, to grow in our faith with him. And we have this relationship so that we don't need to fix, we don't have to go through life or fix problems on our own because he is with us. So even if you're doubting now in your faith, in your walk with Jesus, I want to share a statement I once heard from a pastor named Stephen Furtick. I'm going to use it, but I've changed some of the words. But know this, that doubt can ride in a car, but it cannot drive. Doubt can ride in a car, but it cannot drive. And we can say this confidently because Jesus had already won the battle. He had conquered sin and death. And he can lead us in our lives. And he's the God of our lives. And so none of these can overpower God. That he can overpower the doubts in our lives, the fears, the anxieties in our lives. So yes, thou can ride in a car, but it cannot drive. I want to share a story with you guys. Um, some of you guys may not know, but I have an older brother who's 10 years older than me. And so I think back then I was, in, I was maybe 9 to 11 years old around there when I started getting into ice hockey. I first learned basic uh, hockey skills from my brother. 
playing floor hockey and I wanted to get into ice hockey. And I remember I need, I wanted to buy skates, but you know, as a kid and because of advertisement, all you think about is sport check and how awesome sport check is. So my brother promised to bring me to sport check. And then on that day he drove me, but we weren't going to sport check. I'm like, where are we going? And then my brother wouldn't tell me. He's like, oh, I, th I, I think sports check is closed right now. So I'm gonna, we'll just drive somewhere and find the hockey shop. I'm like, what are you talking about? It can't be closed right now. Like, you, you promised me that you'll go to sports check, so where are you going to go? He's like, well, don't worry about it. We'll just go somewhere else. And he kept driving for, I think, 10 to 15 minutes, or maybe he even circled around just to mess around with me. And he's a troll. Like, back then, even now, he's still a troll to me. He will still, like, mess around with me. Um... But yeah, he was just trolling around with me, messing around with me. And he kept saying, oh yeah, I think it's right here. And he'll go there. So, oh no, it's the wrong direction. And totally messing around with me. And I was just so mad at him. I was like, I, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think I can, pin, I, if I can guess, I probably said something along the lines like, you're the worst brother. You promised me to bring me to sport check, but now you don't even know what you're doing. And I think I questioned him. I'm like, do you even know anything about hockey? And then little do I know, I was so angry. And he finally brought me to a hockey shop that I never thought existed because, you know, as a kid, all you thought about was sport check. Hey, sport check, that's where you get all your equipment. But no, he brought me to a hockey store with so many varieties. And when I got in there, I was so happy. I'm pretty sure I did not want to leave that time. And I was able to like take my skates, my favorite skates, and I was able to customize it. Like, so some of you guys when you guys go public skating your skates can get loose right because when you tie your skates like this in public skate so after a while your skates will start getting loose like that but the custom um customized part for these skates is that they mold your skates together and curve it so that you can tie tighter so that was the beautiful thing about these type of thick system for to make your skates more comfortable for people that's why it's more expensive too so i finally got my own pair of skates and I was able to use them every single time. And I was happy right after that. But my point is this. That in, in just like likewise to what, how we see God, that God is always leading our lives. And we can trust him because he knows what he's doing and where he's leading us to. And all that he's asking us is to trust him, even though we do not know where we're going or where he's leading us to. That's all he's asking us. So in that store, in that moment, I could have just, you know, throw a tantrum and just demand to go home. He's like, no, I don't want to go to the hockey store anymore. And then just like, like cry and wail, like just do all that, just do not go. But if I did that and my brother did allow me to just go home and, and choose not to go to the hockey shop, then I would have never experienced that goodness of being in a hockey shop and having all these varieties of things. And likewise for us is we can allow our doubts to do that and let our skepticism. But in the midst of all this, in the midst of uncertainty, that when we choose Jesus and we choose to trust in him, that we will experience him. We will experience more of his presence, his power, and his love. And we will see how God will work in and through our lives but we need to trust in him. I just want to share a quick story. Um, one time, like during the whole pandemic and people are losing their jobs, uh, Lavelle was one of them as well. And she got 
uh, he went into a Zoom call with his, all these programmers. And, and I heard every, I, I was hearing everything and they were so mad. Like they were just swearing left, right and center. Like, and I get it. Like, um, they were not being compensated. They were kind of being left hanging and they were like, they were just so frustrated and angry. And the whole time, you know, I, I can, I can understand where they're coming from. I'm like, you know what? It's totally understandable. And then a point of me realized, I'm like, cause Lavelle was calm the whole time. And she's just listening to them. And I was just kind of hearing them out. And I, and I was, I asked myself, is that the feeling of what losing hope looks like? Cause if you think about it with our jobs, we, we all have it lined up and, and this is where we put our hope in, in our jobs, is in our work and our job that oftentimes people, um, would place their, their meaning identity in it and their security in it. And that was their hope because it's a source of income. And now that it's all stripped away, maybe for them at that point, it was a loss of hope. And that's why they were so angry. And I'm just thinking about us that yes, it happens to some of us as well for, for those, like for us as Christians as well. But we need to understand that we still have Jesus as our only source and hope that we can still cling on to. And that even though we lose our job, some of us lose our job or, um, or we get, like we get laid off, that, that God is still there with us. And even if you're uncertain about how the future is and it's okay, God will meet us where we're at. So in the midst of this whole pandemic, this COVID-19, can we just come together and support one another and know that this is not the time to give up, guys? Yes, this, this whole COVID-19 is really affecting all of us, and especially for uh, the, the extra verses, it's really killing me, guys. I'm sorry. Um, that you guys want to get up, but you guys can't. And, and all of our rhythms in life are being affected. The people that we're normally used to seeing, hang out with, playing sports, just meeting with and just like doing things with and um, working with like all these things have been changed, like going to the gym or going to the library, whatever, all these things are being changed. And now we need to adjust this new rhythm of life that in the midst of all that, we're all being effective, affected. And we don't even know how long this whole COVID thing will last, but it's in this moment where we, of this uncertainty that we don't know how long things will be and when it's going to end that we need to keep fixing our eyes on Jesus and trusting in him because he is our only hope that even though we don't know what's ahead of us, that, that God will show us the way as we, as we still choose to trust in him. I don't know if you guys remember Pastor Doug speaking in fall of uh, 2019 about the difference with external freedom and internal freedom. That our external freedom, things that happen outside of us, and even though that, those things may change or may be stripped away, it doesn't mean that you don't have your freedom. You still have your internal freedom, and that is your relationship with Jesus. And it's through that relationship that Jesus get, grants us comfort and peace meaning that our hearts can still stay calm in the midst of the storm and the chaos outside of us, that we still have this freedom. 
So let's continue to further this freedom in our relationship with Jesus by fixing our eyes on him. So the question is now, how do we continue to trust him? How do we continue to fix our eyes on him? And as I reflect on this, I believe there are two ways right now that we can continue with the spiritual discipline, such as prayer, that these are moments that we, should, we shouldn't stop praying, that we've got to keep praying, to keep reading God's word, to meditate, to journal. There are many other ways, and maybe solitude, though we might have a bit too much right now, but still works, that we can still rest in his presence. You see, we spend time with God so that we can develop this discipline to build a foundation in our lives so that when tough things, tough times come, that we can still stand firm. You see, God doesn't tell us to spend time with him because he's needy, but he tells us to spend time with him so that we can build a foundation to prepare for when unforeseen circumstances hit us, that we can still stand strong and stand firmly because he is with us and we can still continue in our faith to further our faith and trust in him. So guys, what, even in the midst of this chaos of the COVID-19 and, and with losing the job or with uncertainty, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. The one thing I can say that if you, anything you guys know about storms is that storms don't last forever. So let's keep fixing our eyes on him. So even if we don't see him, let's believe in him. Let's continue to hold on to Jesus because he is our only hope. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he already has won the battle, that we can experience him, that we can have this relationship with him, that we can share this victory with Christ. So God, in the midst of these uh, in the midst of this chaos and the uncertainty with not knowing what our future will look like and the things that are affecting us currently, I pray to God that we don't just give up on our faith now, but we take these moments right now, especially to keep holding on to our faith in you, to keep trusting, to keep believing in you, even though we don't know what's happening, to know that you're still good, that you have your plans and you have your reasons of doing things and that everything happens in accordance to your will and your timing so even though we don't know when that will come or when we will experience all that that in the midst of that that we keep trusting to know that you are god and that the battle has already won and that even in the chaos and the storms that we face now that it won't last forever because you have the final word so may we continue to hold on to this hope we thank you once again for your love and for your spirit to be with us. And may we continue to, to be in a community to support one another, to not lose faith in, in meeting together and to know that you have placed all of us as a church together so that we can support one another in our faith and that you work in and through all of us, God. That we, so we're thankful for this and we thank you for this community, Lord. So we pray that we will keep trusting in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.